0: Welcome to the Life You Podcast. In this season, the Spirit is calling our church family to explore four spiritual practices fervent prayer and worship, tending to Scripture, sharing our faith story, and courageously and generously serving the neighbor. This interview based podcast will feature members of the St. Andrews family sharing insights on how to cultivate a rich spiritual life that delights in the powerful gift of the gospel. To learn more about Life you, go to SaintAndrews.org, And now, enjoy the conversation. Hello, St. Andrews friends. Good to be with all of you. I have here two very special guests. I wonder, Jan, would you mind uh, starting with an introduction?
1: Well, I'm Jan Gilbertson. Um, I am the choir director, music, do a lot of music coordinating, and um, work with Bill, who is also here.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Bill. I am Bill Shenard, organist, and uh, along with Jan, music coordinator. Been uh, in this job at St. Andrews for a little over 32 years.
0: Wow, remarkable. And the, the truth is that, that St. Andrews is so well known for its excellence in the area of music, um, especially choral and uh, and organ music. And I just wonder for the two of you, Um, What's that journey been like to, you know, be with St. Andrews through all of this and to, uh, you know, help them develop what is really a marquee music program, worship program?
1: Well, shall I go first?
0: Sure, Jan, that's great. Okay.
1: Well, Bill and I started at the same time along with Kristen, his wife. Um, We were hired by Roger Eigenfeld in 1988. Is that right, Bill? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, To uh, take over a a position that had been held by one person, and it was divided uh, between us. And we sort of were given a charge to do something with the music. So we started with a 30-voice choir and a little organ, and it's grown a lot since then. And there were children's choirs at the time. Music was important, but he just wanted it to grow because the church was growing.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right. I think the church was growing in such a way that services were stacked almost on top of each other in the the Great Hall building, which was the only real worship space at the time. The church did own its own property on Matamidi Avenue, uh, but that was more of a youth complex uh, where they had Sunday school buses that were run back and forth and uh, youth happenings over there. But worship happened really in one building. And with the successive uh, nature of the services, it needed kind of a multiple staff. Another choir to be warming up while one was already singing in the service. You might say, and different children's choir directors. Uh, so it was a very, very busy operation in those uh, those early years. Not that it isn't now, but uh, <laughs> it, it had to get running.
0: It seems busy now, and uh, most I was talking with Jan earlier about how you all are uh, coordinating around COVID, and I, I just can't even imagine, given the high level of production that you know that St. Andrews has had with its video with its uh, 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 kind of live streaming of worship or its streaming of worship, I can't imagine the amount of work you two are doing
1: It's busy it really is and just it doesn't seem to maybe if you're not in the middle of it people can't imagine what goes on but there's a, a lot of preparation that goes into putting on online services
0: i I believe it. What would you two I, I mentioned earlier that that the worship music. Um, at all services is really uh, such a distinguishing element of St. Andrews. It's one of the reasons we, my wife and I, really wanted to be part of the church family again as as members. Uh, what would you two say is distinct about worship life at at St.
1: Andrews? Well, Bill, you can go first this time. I, sure, I, I don't
2: <laughs> want to speak to you, Dan, but I would say we have a, a very high percentage of members. And visitors, for that matter, who have had very good music experiences in college and high school, many of them singing in some of the best choirs in the upper Midwest, who want to sort of further that experience, um, either through participation or through the enjoyment of some of that same music. So I think that puts us in a real right climate, you know, I'd say both in terms of time and, and uh, location, uh, to do some very good music and uh, to put it to proper use in, in the context of the worship service, where it otherwise might be for concert use or other uh, sort of uh, Production applications in the in the large new Lutheran schools, for example. Uh, so I think we're really fortunate to have a, a wealth of talent and committed people, and people that come with a certain amount of training uh, before they get here. So we have a, a good a good contingent to uh, from the get go.
1: And I would add to that that those are the type of people who want to be challenged musically. Uh, they they appreciate having new music, uh, the music that is. Uh, Famous from traditions, but also music that is new. Um, so that is—it's always a challenge to keep those people uh, interested and busy, and involved in the music, as well as the the traditional things that we've always done.
0: Yes, I suppose with that training comes a kind of love for more difficult music to sing, and and also a I guess a higher standard and expectation of of uh, of what that music would sound like and look like. Yes um, well as, as both of you know, with with life you uh, were exploring the topic of of, of prayer and, and, and worship this whole month, which is uh, part of the reason we wanted to have you both on to reflect with us a little bit. For you personally, for the two of you personally, how would you articulate why worship is important? What's going on there for you on a personal level? Why do you, how would you describe your connection to it? Just uh, let's see what you might have to say to those questions.
1: Okay. Well, I like it. I love it. It's just a part of my whole life. I, I, there hasn't been a time in my life when, mu- when music and worship, they're together as far as I'm concerned. Um, they have It hasn't been a part of my life. It's there forever. Um, I spend, because of what I do, um, I spend a lot of the week working on worship services and dwelling on how the scripture and the music tie together. And that's the way it's always been for me, I guess I would say. I think it, it, it music gives us a vocabulary in worship a way um, to soften hearts and open our ears to the message. Um, so, and it's part of, uh, we're, we're to rest on the Sabbath. And, and worship is one of those ways that we rest, we come away from our work, and uh, the, our work and our concerns, and we pray, and we get ourselves um, lined up again, in a sense, and, and feel forgiveness and peace, um, encouragement. It's, it's the way we were meant to be. You
2: know, I would say from my standpoint, and saying that without apology, uh, being raised Catholic, uh, attending Mass on a weekly basis was a matter of sort of checking the boxes, Making sure you did all the various things you're required to do, receiving communion, uh, uh, receiving the sacraments uh, as you as you age, you know at the appropriate times, and not not to say that anything in uh, the Catholic life, worshiping, was without deep meaning and without a lot of moving experiences, but I do have to say I became a bit spoiled when I began began substitute as a substitute organist in various Protestant congregations in the Lindstrom area where I grew up, where uh, there are many Lutherans to be had. Uh, among other denominations, of course. And it was very taken by how robust the singing was. And I thought, wow, this is what it means to really be moved to the point of showing a real active sense of buy-in and participation. And then, again, not to take anything away from the devotion and, uh, and, and the depth of the experience in, in Roman Catholic worship, because uh, there's a lot to be said for that. And I experienced great depths of that in my growing up years and still have in, in later years. But to sort of feel that sense of validation as one who leads in that kind of singing, uh, very easy to become sort of smitten uh, by that and to sort of set a new level of how one judges one's effectiveness and in being involved in, in the leadership. So for me, looking at ways to embellish the text and the hymn and always honoring the text and its connectedness to the scriptures and the message and the whole package and try to put together something that really does transport, and move, and deepen people, uh, rather than just provide some sort of frilly entertainment. So I think St. Andrews has provided a great uh, opportunity for that in, in many levels.
0: You know, one of the things I appreciated from the very first time I had a chance to spend time with your congregation, which was uh, with John Hoganson we had a chance to preach together many years ago, and I was always struck by the... the um, how well integrated the song selections were to the scripture of the day, and it seems like there's quite a a deliberate process that <laughs> that goes into <laughs> interweaving the sermon, the uh, the musical aesthetics, the terminology. Maybe say something a little bit about why that's important for you, for the there to be so much integration you know, across the whole liturgy.
1: I just have to say thank you for noticing, because some people think it's an accident.
0: (laughs) That happens every week, right? An accident that happens (laughs) every week.
1: Well, we work really hard on that, finding the right hymns, the right anthems. Um, it's It's not an accident at all. You no, know, I
2: would say, Jan, doing the bulk of that sort of planning and, and the, the grander design of things, even trickier in that we've been uh, sort of uh, plowing new ground with creating our own lectionary series at St. Andrews and not ascribing to kind of the general uh, widely used lectionary for which there are numerous aids and resources that can suggest songs that are appropriate, fitting, and corollary to the texts. Uh, it's, a, it's a new search each time in a way with... Uh, the, the, the pairings of scriptures that, that, that occur and uh, not always a full reinventing of the wheel, but a need for kind of a fresh search. So uh, there is a lot of work, uh, work involved, but it's, it's great to know that people notice. And, and Jen and I have joked about this too, you know, line, aligning things properly with the sermon uh, sometimes preachers will do you a favor in music and sort of preach out of or into something you left them or we'll be providing them later musically. So it looks like there was a connectedness in mind all the time. And we've sort of joked it would be really nice to have the complete text of the pastor's sermon three months <laughs> in advance so we can know exactly what music we should bridge to that and, and come out of it and so on. But uh, but uh, sometimes it's good planning, other times luck, and maybe it's the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, yeah, there are very few pastors I know who write their sermons three months in <laughs> advance.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. We don't ever expect yeah. that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure that that uh, many pastors would be ashamed to uh, admit how many Saturday night specials they uh, put together. <laughs>
2: well, it happens over the course of a week, and sometimes you need that Saturday to add the right embellishment.
0: That well, that's exactly right. No, that's 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 precisely the case. Well, um, one of the topics we're kind of touching on this week is the topic of kind of worship with the whole body. And Jen, you already touched on this a little bit that that one of the amazing vocational responsibilities of a worship leader is that you are in some ways providing the vocabulary, the theological framing for how people will um, musically speak about the service, how, I mean, in, in, you're literally putting words into their mouths, right? In, in a lot of different cases. And, and so there's a kind of full, uh, there's a full engagement with the mouth with the ears, often we stand or sometimes we kneel, and so the whole body is kind of, kind of involved. Why, why, what are just your thoughts on the kind of whole-bodied part of worship and why that's kind of an important element of how we you know, do things to the degree that our bodies allow us to?
1: I just have to say it reminds me first of singing, not just because we sing in worship, but because as a singer you sing with your whole body. It's not just your mouth, it's your mind, it's your breath, it's your muscles, it's your face. And if everything isn't committed in singing, we don't sing well. If you're tight, your posture isn't good, your feet aren't balanced, we don't sing well. The same way when we worship, we bring our minds, our hearts, our souls, and everything to worship. And we open ourselves as we would um, in any relationship. If it's a good relationship, you're open, and you don't hold anything back. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I it, it
0: does. It That's a beautiful theme. way of putting it, too.
1: Um, and um, it, it affects. It's it's a giving, but it's also a receiving, in in um, all kinds of ways.
2: I think the same can apply too to the various leaders in worship. Whether you're an instrumentalist, certainly a singer, and that need to utilize the entire frame and the whole. Structure of the person to sing. Same can be said of the, uh, the instrumentalists that play, and and also in how they present and presenting with a body that's open and, um, and presentational in and, and, and leading worship. That we're not cowering behind something or hiding, unless it's the case of a, a drummer behind a drum set. That's a necessary thing, or behind a keyboard. But uh, using using everything that we have, all the all that has life and breath. And, and 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 for me, it's all all the limbs, all the fingers, and maybe not all of them all the time, but they're all at the ready and all kind of pressed into service, I guess, pun intended. But um, <laughs> uh, we, we need all of it. And then, therefore, if we can sort of inspire sort of this dance uh, that's more than just uh, eyes widening and mouths opening, but maybe get the heart beating in a certain way and, and, and things moving with the rhythm to the music, whatever kind of music it is, I think there's a, um, a visceral uh, quality to it that that uh, gets hopefully the, uh, the the body engaged for the, the, the listener as well.
0: You know, as somebody who is, I've been on both sides of the service in the sense that I've been on the musical kind of worship leading side, mainly with the with the guitar and with the vocals, but then I've also now mostly on the preaching side just because of my vocation. And th- I think on the preaching side, I feel some level of envy toward the musicians because there's just something about music that can communicate a gospel message better than prose, you know, better than just our prose preaching, unless the person's a really good preacher and and can just really formulate their words well. But there is something special, I think, about the lyrical line and the way it can communicate God's word to people, accompanied with music as well. Any uh, thoughts from the two of you about just the power of music uh, and the ability to kind of... uh, create a worship setting or, or move people toward a worshipful posture?
1: Well, to me, again, the music seems so obvious that it's almost like we are programmed. Maybe it isn't almost. We are programmed.
0: <laughs> I think you're right.
1: <laughs> we are programmed to worship. Um, and we just have to have the vehicle there. Um, and then, of course, the technical comes into it and the physical, but I could give an example of something that goes on all the time that I think very few people are aware that we have, say we have a beautiful anthem and it flows into a hymn and Bill will keep it in the same key or in a naturally com, com, um, natural key to go to so that everybody stays in that frame. Um, Mm. That same frame of mind, so that you 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 aren't disturbed, music can carry you whether it has words or not. Um, music is boring if it does what you expect all the time, but yeah because mm. you have to have some element of surprise, but if it's really crazy, you're just lost. You aren't there anymore. Um, it's hard to explain because if you can explain it, it makes sense. It, it isn't music. <laughs> it hard to put it into words. <laughs> And
2: in the crazy world that we've lived in for years, of course, it's obviously a lot crazier now, I guess you might say, since uh, since March. But I think we want to transport people when they come. And whether that's keep them immersed in a particular feeling or affect, by having the organs stay in the same key, I'll always choose that path because it's less jarring. And if there's mm-hmm. a need to be, to be jarring, I'll let something do it more naturally or organically, I guess you might say. But uh, but I would agree that the the Pairing, for example, a text with a tune in uh, a certain way with a good marriage of text and tune, it can, it can allow that message and that, that melody and that concept to just uh, to, to germinate and stay with uh, the recipient uh, in, in such a strong way that uh, I've thought that for a long time with hymn text and tune pairings and so on. And uh, granted, there's a lot of power in a very good hymn text just read, and often we'll hear that done in, in presentations or even preaching. Uh, and I think it's good to step away sometimes from the melody and just look at what the, the text itself says, but uh, mm-hmm. but it is a wonderful thing when they're, when they're done together.
0: Yeah. Well, Jan Gilbertson, Bill Chenard, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all these uh, decades of, of service to the church and of, of uh, honing your own musical skills. And I, I uh, have to imagine that that's a slow and time consuming sort of work of decades that, you know, to, 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 to develop the level of uh, skill and artistry that the two of you have. So thank you for being such a gift to the church. And also thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Appreciate yes. It.
2: Thanks for listening to us.
0: This has been a production of St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in Matamidi, Minnesota. To find out more information about St. Andrew's or about You, go to standrews.org. Thank you for listening.